record now. Okay, hello, welcome to the 13th episode of the Bolo Pascual Show. Today, we have a, be- uh, a very special guest, Nori De Quito. Uh, just a brief introdu- introduction. I was up. <laughs> yeah, Nori is a world-class debater. Um, we would compete against each other in, in debate. Um, and yeah, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, Nori. <laughs> So, I'm Nori. I am from the University of the Philippines, Manila. And as Bolo said, I knew Bolo because of debating. Um, we used to like battle in tournaments. But aside from that, we also became good friends. Like We would talk about different things outside debate, like probably love life, social life, and so on. Mental health. Um, I'm, mental health, his brother who, who has autism, and it being connected to my job then because currently I'm working as a speech language pathologist in a clinic in Cavite and a preschool in Pasig. And one of the reasons then why I, I was parang talking to Bolo and why I gravitated then to having conversations with Bolo was because of his brother who has autism. And I was also um, wanting to help him about his brother, since your brother, I think, hasn't been having speech therapy for a little bit long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I've been giving him consultations mm. for his brother. And some, something uh, that I would just want to oh, go, go for it. And, go. You know, naman. and okay. right now, given this pandemic, um, I'm trying to use my media platforms or social media platforms to spread awareness about different topics that I am very passionate about. So right now, I'm really passionate about LGBTQIA issues, um, mental health issues, since I'm also, aside from a speech pathologist, I also practice cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a therapy that tries to alleviate mental health problems. Um, And aside from that, I'm also into politics and a lot of different social issues and social historical issues, being a history junkie myself. And that's about it. Yeah, and I just want to say that um, if you want to talk to someone who can talk about different things in, in depth, but also can explain it simply, Nori is the is the person is the person you talk to. And I just <laughs> I feel flattered. Yeah, of course, Nori, you're an amazing human being, and which is why <laughs> I also want to bring awareness to your podcast that you have already uh, released on uh, uh-huh. Anchor and, and Spotify. It's called Toxic Talks. And yeah, Nori goes in depth about history and about different social issues. Episode two is about uh, nuclear warfare and the effects of it, I think. And now I'm really curious, Nori, about why did you dive in, into podcasting? Um, because I understand it's the pandemic and like, there are a lot of things that you want to share in your platform that could contribute to the zeitgeist of society, all that stuff. And we just want to know, uh, beyond the general things of what like podcast people would say, um, why did you dive into podcasting? What did you see in it? Um, well, firstly, um, it started off with going on to Facebook Lives, on Instagram Lives, and it was mainly to trash talk people I know, like famous people in my school that are not doing anything about the current problems that we have. Like a lot of them are influential people, like um, Instagram social influencers, 
um, mga artista or like famous people. And a lot of them haven't been doing their responsibility in social media. And it got me really angry. So I ranted a lot on, on, on Instagram and Facebook Live. And a lot of people actually liked my content. And they were like suggesting na, oh, Nori, magawa ka ng, ng podcast or like do something with that content. Like do something with that anger and that passion that you have. Like pour it into something that is a good content or like parang a content that people could watch again and again. So um, now that I have the time and the energy to do the podcast, ko na siya. So I started yesterday. I did a live podcast yesterday, and then I realized that apparently a live podcast hindi pala siya na record or parang hindi siya na save into a podcast podcast. So um. Ngayon, today, I realized that I should do like a real podcast na talaga na hindi live. And I, I made a script siguro around mga 30 minutes. And I tried to collate resources, read up, and then make a script. Um, probably around 10 to 15 minute long script. And then I actually did it. And apparently, it's not so difficult pala. It only consumed probably like an hour or two of my time, which isn't actually big considering like when you listen to my podcast, you'd probably feel na ah, masyadong daming preparations involved. But actually, mm. hindi naman. It's medyo chill lang. Kinda like probably debating one mm. round. Ganun right. yung effort ng, ng pag-create ng one episode ng podcast. So I think that if you people out there are afraid of making a podcast because it's tedious and it's difficult, I think that it's not so difficult naman. Or I want to debunk that and tell you that mm. it's just kind of like debating one round. If you're not a debater, probably kind of like for preparing for a speech, yeah. Mm. Preparing for a graduation speech or something like that. Um, and then, ayun, I'm, I'm thinking about creating content about things that I find interesting. Like, Sobra interesting lang bolo kasi yesterday I was watching documentaries sa Netflix. Tapos I just happened to like have a fascination for like nuclear missiles. Tapos mm. hindi ko alam, sobrang coincidence lang, hindi ko alam na anniversary pala apparently mm. yesterday or the other day, August 6, ng bombing ng Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Tapos mm. another interesting layer to that was my father was alive during the time the bombings and he oh, was wow. in Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. So that was part of, of what I told in the podcast that um, my, my father would eat watermelons back then and they were in caves because they were afraid of like the fallout and all of the effects of the missiles and shit. So um, yeah, it, it, it made me want to write about that because of the content that I was watching, but mm-hmm. also because of the personal experiences that I have had. Mm. So I'm hoping that in the next podcast episodes that I make, it's not only things that I want to write about, but also things that I probably have an experience on. So I think the first episode naman about the toxic positivity and, and that whole mental health talk, talk, I think that aside from it being something interesting to me, I think that I also have an experience on it in terms of me treating my patient uh, with depression. Um, that's the type of advice I give as a therapist. Yeah. So, yeah, yun, yun lang naman. Ikaw ba, Bolo? What, what are the current things that you plan on yeah. making? Before I go on there, I would just like to say, 
um, remember the remember it toxic talks. Um, why toxic talks? Like I'm curious about the the the. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I think that when people um, see podcasts or when they see like really deep topics, they automatically parang feel na toxic siya. So parang gusto ko i-debunk sa toxic talks na, oh, it's not really toxic. Um, it's actually a very insightful topic. It's actually a very deep and um, enlightening topic that you shouldn't be afraid of. Na it's actually detoxifying instead of intoxicating. Mm. And it also rhymes with tox and tox. So, mm, like, got it. I see. Know, play with words. Uh, also, so. I just want to say that, well, two things I'm getting from you uh, out of what we've done. And also, I'm just going to skip the 15-minute time limit because I'm just enjoying this right now. So, <laughs> um, okay, go, go, go. I have more time. Like, maybe we can go 30 minutes so, to an hour. Um, I just, the two things I'm getting from you is that, number one, it's not that hard to start your podcast. Um, and I really agree. Mm-hmm. I think you started using uh, Anchor. The, the anchor app as as a as a uh-huh. device right and i just really do believe that it's, it's so easy to use it guides you to to flesh out your ideas and to add your own music and to add your own style into it and it's super accessible to mm. just like a beginner um but the second thing i'm getting from you is that everyone who has a background and like a family history or, or who have parents can share something unique to the perspective of how we view culture, of how we be, view history. And for me, out of like just combining those two ideas, I really believe in the power of like average people like you and me deciding to get to share ideas out there and add to the richness of the culture mm-hmm. and the richness of the things we could contribute. Um, and awesome. I, and I really like your toxic talks idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, just demystifying it and naming it that. Um, as a form of like mind fuckery, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I really, <laughs> yeah, 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 the paradox. But I also feel yeah, like your... the reason why um, I, I wanted to engage in a podcast, or I feel like it's important to engage in a podcast, is because aside from the ideas and content that we can provide for people, like the generic information that we can give, I feel like the unique information that we could also give to our viewers is that anthropological side to us or that historical viewpoint that we have as individuals. And tama ka, right? each individual has a unique way in how they view issues or they have a very rich and unique family background or historical background. And I think that that's, that is something that people do not realize. Mm-hmm. Na parang when they share out their opinions or they share out information, they feel as if ang generic lang naman ng opinion ko na to about, let's say, the bombing or nuclear warfare. But they don't realize that some something about them as people, like their anthropology or their history or their their sociology, has something unique in it that they could put into these topics. Like for example, ikaw, probably when you talk about um Spanish stuff or like Spanish occupation and stuff, probably you could like put something in your family and how your family has some Spanish background, I think, or is, mm. is Spanish descent. Or mm. probably when you talk about um, your family, probably in UP and all of that, and, and you studying in USD, um, that could be a good content for people 
in terms of their college decisions or choices. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, in all other content, etc. Yeah. Ang dami pa. You yeah. know? So, actually, to, to, people don't mm, realize that. Mm, yeah, to share with you, uh, my family's background is that my grandmother's dad is actually a friar. So, uh, mm-hmm. going like, looking back into history, uh, it's like, wow, like all of the oppression of, 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 of Spain, like my family or at least half of my family or one fourth of my family is kind of complicit there because like pure blood Spanish. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so like I really do um, understand, understand that and share like perspectives that humanize people in history. Um, I forgot your previous question, if you still remember, but if you forgot it. Um, I think it was about I think it was about what do you plan on making in okay, your podcast? Awesome. awesome, because like that was like my segue also. So yay, chemistry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um so what are the future things that I wanna talk about? Well, just to give a brief background, like why I do this podcast, like the, the Bola Pascual show, for me talaga, it's really about trying to do something and like become better at something by repeatedly doing it again and again and again and demonstrating that I suck again and again and again and have this as a historical reference as to um, my progress in the future. So for example, this is episode 13, but I think like episode 13 will be completely different from episode 1000 or episode like episode 87, you know what I mean? Um, And I just really think Mm -hmm. that opportunities in the future would no longer come from degrees and diplomas well I'm, I'm talking about like people from a liberal arts background who want to go into corporate or entrepreneurial things um but yeah. i'm not talking about med and all of those like licensed things right um but yeah. I mean, for the most ca- for most cases opportunities especially when you want to go into corporate or you want to enter into partnerships is not about the degrees and medals you have it's about what are the things that you get to do and accomplish that would say that I can produce results, I can gain awareness, I can execute on ideas. And I think for me in this podcast, it's, me, it's about me being able to demonstrate how I evolve, how I execute on things, and how I take initiative in the future. And along the way, have beautiful conversations like this. That's why I, like, I dived into it. And the reason why I talk about these things is because I'm really into growth and self-development and growth and self-development includes various topics and being able to listen, being able to observe myself, listen to other people, being able to observe myself over and have my, and jack off my own ego, all that stuff. So um, I use my podcasting as a tool for self-awareness. And I recognize while I try to become self-aware using my social media platforms, um, beautiful conversations and useful information will come out out of these things. I hope that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it does. It does. It perfectly makes sense. Like, it's, it's kind of like a diary for you as well. And I kind of like your perspective also in terms of like social science courses in terms of how it's not measured by degrees because it is true. We talk about social sciences. Um, it really talks about your experience as a person growing up and wh- how you apply that to people or how you apply that to relationships or how you apply that to 
to like things that you do in the work. Yeah, work and also one process. thing I'd like to emphasize is that social science graduates or even humanities liberal arts graduates should not measure themselves based on grades. And I think people in the social sciences and liberal arts should be the first people to know that their grades don't mean shit. <laughs> um, for me, that's, that's my bold stance on it. But it's actually the ideas that you bring out and the ideas that you share to the world and the actions that happen because of those particular ideas that you thought of. Those are the things that people ought to measure more than, than grades because those are the things that make a difference. You know, like people who made yeah. history books and like philosophies and ideas and concepts weren't graded for their work. You know, they were valued for the That's idea true. itself, the things that were coming out of their brains and out of their mouths, out of their, out of their hands. So, yeah, I'm just super passionate about that. But how about you, uh, Nori? What, what do you plan to talk about? So you talked about mental health. You talked about uh, Japanese history. Um, what else would you, would you dive into and why, would you, why do you think you're going to dive into those topics? I feel like um, it's similar to you. I also want to try to like, keep a journal of, of the things that I know and see myself grow and develop. But in terms of future things that I want to talk about and share to people and inform them more about, probably something to do with my work because not a lot of people are aware that speech language pathologists exist or like speech therapists exist. Like, and they have a lot of misconceptions about it, probably that we just teach people how to talk, period. Or uh, we just, you know, let, let people um, articulate their words better or whatnot, like the king's speech. But I think that um, there's so much more to what we do. And I think that I could use this platform to educate people more on who we are as professionals. And aside from that, I think um, this podcast could be a wonderful means for me to educate parents who have children with disabilities. Because mm. I feel that not a lot of people realize that it's so difficult to have mm. siblings, to have daughters, sons, or, or kin that have disabilities. Mm. Right? It's, it's so difficult. And, and I think that um, we professionals in, in the sciences of rehabilitation I have an obligation to really help these parents or help these relatives to deal with these differently abled people. Because, mm-hmm. eh, um, it's, it's so hard to see these people suffer even more because of us not being educated in terms of treating them. Mm. So I don't want them to suffer even more than they well, already are suffering. Mm. So parang, I think that's the best thing that I can do to help them generally. Kahit hindi ko sila pasyente, at mm. least I am generally educating people in terms of what is the least that you can do to try to help them with how uh, help them with the things that they are doing or help them with this, with the current situation that they're in. That's awesome. And, mm. and I think ano pa ba? Other content would also probably be things that I also want to know from people. And I think dun papasok yung mga guests na who are more knowledgeable of the topic that um, we're covering. So probably yun. Um, I also want my podcasts to be um, more than me speaking, but me also listening to the 
to the person and being like a host who asks questions. Very mm-hmm. boyabunda kaysa kinosa. Na ako yung nag-extract na information instead of me talking. Got it. Um, um, actually, now I'm gonna engage with you in discourse in terms of neurodiversity. I'd, I'd love to have to uh, mm-hmm. talk about you. I talk with you about that. Because my mom and I are engaging into healthy discourse and debate of whether or not we refer to our younger brother as a person that has autism or a person who is autistic. And I have been um, seeing content online that there's a debate about it. So in my mom's point of view, it's that people that have autism because you want to separate the actual person from the autism. But the counter-narrative that I, I've been watching from other experts and other people who have autism is that they say that being autistic is part of us and we'd, not, we'd rather not be separated from being autistic itself. And one of the things I've researched back in college, there's a group called Aspies for Freedom where the group is saying that people with Asperger's shouldn't be separated from their disease, or, or not that, from their disability, but it's a characteristic and trait that, uh, and trait that they want to... Um, what do you call that? You want to... Shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Take control of, or, or parang own, or like how like the black people are I am reclaiming the word for themselves as a, as a mm-hmm. that is not a disability, but something that is a unique trait that contributes to humanity, such as like, for example, the fact that we are doing video calls, like people who contribute to that technology are people who have autism or, or autistic because they know how things reflect with each other that like normal people wouldn't catch on right away. So what's your, what's your, what's your take on it about, how we should refer to people. Is it people with autism or people who are autistic? And how, where, do you, where, where do you see that debate? I see that debate taking place naman in terms of how we play with the words, like in terms of the semantics of the word. Mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't matter how you use it for as long as in the real life, you're treating people with dignity and respect. Got so it. what does that mean? So when you talk about like, a boy with autism. The reason why that is a much more politically correct statement because it sends a message to people that that person shouldn't be defined by the characteristic alone and that there are also other defining characteristics that that person has. Probably mm. he is artistic. Probably he is tall. Probably he is sporty and athletic. That is something... Um, outside of his being autistic or him having autism. So the reason why the first statement is a much more politically correct statement um, is because it sends that message that the person is first before the disability. Okay, got it. I see. Um, but the second one talks about... Mm-hmm. But the but, second one talks about how um, a person is enveloped by the characteristics of being autistic and that that is the most defining characteristic and that um, children or people with autism want to be defined that way. 
But again, I think the default should be the former rather than the latter because parang some of the children in this spectrum um, are really from the lower ends of the spectrum, meaning mga low-functioning children, um, children who aren't high-funk na Asperger's na matalino, like people who really need assistance. Mm-hmm. But also, I think um, the reason why we need to be wise with our wording na former dapat instead of the latter is mm-hmm. because the community is already experiencing a lot of stigma right now. And adding a lot, add, add mo pa yung play with words which is the latter na, mm-hmm. na autistic or like mentally retarded, mga ganyan, na terms, um, makes it more um, complicated for them yung situation. Kumbaga, mas na magnify yung current stigma that they face. Okay. Got it. And that's why medyo nawala na rin yung mga terms na mentally retarded. Ngayon, mm. ang tinatawag na sa kanila is children with intellectual disability. Mm. Pero dati, before the, you, would, you would have doctors call them, ah, mentally retarded yan. Mm. But we then realized that, you know, um, there are other things that people have aside from the weaknesses that they have, that they mm. also have strengths. Right. And yun yung part na we try to minimize all of the stigma that people have because of disability. Mm. And I, I like your take on it because it's also through a physical therapies, uh, therapist's perspective on it. And I just want to share like a counter narrative that I've been hearing is that should we, cause, uh, okay, should we still treat autism as a disability? So for example, like the way we refer to it evolves, right? Before it was mentally retarded. Now it's about uh, mental disabilities. And then there's a new like discourse happening right now within the neurodiversity uh, discussion, which is, should we even call it a disability? Or is it something that normal human beings just don't get to recognize and see how we could capitalize on these particular strengths? Because um, I've been consuming content about the people who, um, the people who criticize ABA. I don't know what that stands for, but saying ABA is like, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like be okay, uh, be functional. Applied behavioral analysis. Ayon, yung parang be okay with social cues. Make sure that you know how to greet people and be aware about those things. And like, yeah, the applied behavioral analysis. Anong how do you how do you say it? Applied Behavioral Analysis, Ayun, ABA. Uh, applied Behavioral yeah. Analysis in ABA. So one of the people yeah. who criticize ABA is saying that should we really contain them to the box of like the normal society or should we make them explore where they best thrive? And barang other, peop- other content mm-hmm. creators I, I, I hear is that what ABA may be doing as a harmful is that it doesn't allow the autistic person to express the strengths fully because now the person is concentrated on addressing social cues that is arbitrarily imposed by social norms in society. What would you, mm-hmm. what's your take? I, I love that question. I, I love that question because hey. I'm really, really passionate about um, ABA. I'm against it, completely against it and I would even tell my parents na don't go to ABA. 
um, try to look for an occupational therapist. Because number one, here in the Philippines, we do not have any trained ABA specialists. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just psych graduates who immediately learn what ABA is and they lack training. And most of the ABA specialists that I know have master's degree um, to back up the ABA that they know. But number one, ABA is also not fitted for everyone, especially children in the lower end of the spectrum. Um, so what do we mean by that? Meaning that they do not have the capacity to go to the development of a typically developing child. Meaning nahirapan sila mag-catch up. Like sobrang irregular na ng development nila. So ano ngayon yung kailangan natin gawin? Or what should our mindsets be as professionals for these people with, with difficulties or disabilities? Dapat ba natin silang pilitin na be normal or like do the developmental patterns? Or is it that we should let them participate more and be active members in society? So dun papasok yung um, debate in the, the allied health field or in the rehabilitation field na should it be developmental or should it be a functional approach? Mm-hmm. And ako, as a therapist, I definitely um, would want to do the functional approach more. Kasi dun mo makikita na, na it's not about being in, in an elementary school or it's not about being in a regular school and not a sped school. It's about making sure that your child is successful and making sure that your child is able to be independent in the future. Mm, I always understood. tell my parents, I always tell my parents na, mommy, wala tayong pakialam or daddy, wala tayong pakialam if your child will graduate in, in college or your child will not be any more sped but in a regular school na. Kung hindi naman niya na-achieve kung ano yung gusto niya maging mm. as a professional in the future. If feeling niya pinipilit natin siya or feeling nahihirapan siya dahil hindi naman yun yung gusto niya. At the end of the day, what we want is for the child's dreams to be fulfilled mm-hmm. and at the same time, for him not to have a difficult time and for him to have his talents flourish. Mm-hmm. It's like also for your brother, diba? parang we don't expect your brother or we can't force your brother to go to a regular school to go into the hardships of that traditional um, learning which is papasok sa school and all of that shit. Mm. When we see that there are other talents or skills that, that he has, probably in cooking, he likes to cook, I think, as far as... Yeah, yeah, knows. yep, yep. Diba? So, diba? He, likes, he loves to cook. So, why not put him in a vocational training wherein he can be a chef? Mm. A really, really talented chef that could be helping millions of people or could be making people's lives better as opposed mm. to, like, let's say, forcing him into another job or forcing him into another profession. Right. So, right. I think, yun yung una. And, mm. pangalawa is, yung sinasabi ko rin sa'yo kanina na, I think our maximum obligation is to not cripple palalo yung mga PWDs. Kasi right now, sa current context natin, crippled na sila eh. They have disabilities na. Dapat, ang gawin natin is hindi na palalain or we should not worsen the situation already. So let's let's go into a hypothetical mm-hmm. situation. Okay. So parang sabihin natin dito sa buong mundo, buong mundo na to, lahat naka wheelchair. Ikaw lang yung hindi naka wheelchair. Technically, lahat ng ano daanan sobrang para lang sa wheelchair, yung mga elevators para lang sa wheelchair. Tapos ikaw kailangan maghagdanan ka palagi kasi 
hindi ka nakakasya sa elevator kasi lahat ng naka-wheelchair doon lang. Mm. So technically, ikaw yung magiging disabled versus sila yung magiging disabled. So it's always about perspective. So as sino ba yung majority ng typically developing na population? Ano ba ang typical or normal for humans? Mm. And that's when we try to segregate ano na yung hindi normal or abnormal. So yeah, when we I, look at I just wanna really gifted I, individuals. Okay. Go, go, go. No, no. I understand it. Like, for example, them being able to use the public transportation system. Um, since the transportation system requires you to line up, requires you to know the buttons of how to like get a ticket and like know where to go down. Those are the things that they would, it would be really useful for them to actualize themselves because they know how to function in those things that are important offered by society. Is that correct? Like, yeah, using mm. transportation. Yeah, that's correct. Versus like teaching them how to drive a car or teaching them other skills that do not have much use for them. Mm. Because Got that it. will only cripple them more or that will only make their lives more difficult. Like, for example, teaching a kid how to read. Eh, meron siyang sobrang intense na dyslexia tapos ang dami niyang visual impairments. Mm. Like, you can't force a child to read given the current situation that he has. You're just going to make his life more frustrating and anxious, and anxious diba? So, parang, what you have to do then is you have to analyze ano pa ba yung skills that he has mm. that can accommodate that um, difficulty in reading. So probably he has a good memory. Mm. So if he has a good memory, he doesn't have to read. He just has mm. to remember visual representations or pictures. Mm. For example, the word tickets, he cannot read that it is T-I-C-K-E-T-S. Mm. But he knows that that's the ticket booth because he remembers the itchura of the sign na tickets. Mm-hmm. That's already important and that's already a big leap because at least he is functional. Rather than in a situation na pinilit natin siya magbasa, probably siguro hanggang ngayon hindi pa rin siya marunong basahin yung tickets or hindi niya pa rin marunong mag-recognize ng tickets na sign. And probably hindi pa rin siya makasakay ng MRT or LRT because we still keep on forcing um, things that he should learn even though he cannot learn it or she cannot learn it. Got it. I see. I think... Mm-hmm. I think the same rin sa kapatid mo, ba? If we try to force him to learn how to... Um, let's say, write properly, read properly, memorize, speak, versus you um, or therapists teaching him how to handle kitchen utensils, open appliances, mm. um, clean, prepare ingredients, wash ingredients. Diba? Parang, if we didn't teach the latter, ano na yung gagawin niya right now? Nasa yeah. na siya ngayon. Diba? At least yung latter is like, addressing the potential and addressing the kind of impact the he what he can do awesome I, can do. question i i have, I have um, is should we still use the term like low functioning and high functioning um, one thing so I, I drew something that i saw from a content creator um, so low functioning high functioning like sabi sabi ng isang content creator i forgot her name but she's autistic and sabi niya, she doesn't want to be referred as high-functioning autistic. I, because, like, hindi daw gayto yung spectrum usually ng, ng people who have autism. Parang sabi niya, what, what, what it kind of looks like more is like the color spectrum. 
na parang some people can like read and stuff like that, pero may hypersensitivity sa light or hypersensitivity sa sound and like that. So parang sasabi niya na yung spectrum ought to be seen like a color like a color spectrum compared to a spectrum of like high functioning versus low functioning. And so parang I was like, ah, oh, interesting. I heard I hear from like doctors and professionals still use that uh, word. And parang th- for me, this was an uh-huh. perspective of like how we can look at autism as a spectrum. What's your what's your like I don't know more like your scientific or expert advice on it um, regarding the actually I wouldn't I don't casually like describe it to people na ah, he's low functioning ah, he's high functioning I just say that he has autism um, and that's because in a social context you labeling them as low functioning high functioning has certain stigmas mm. meaning ah so medyo mas tanga siya. And then, mag-iiba na yung perception tuloy ng tao and judgment ng tao to that person. And that's mm-hmm. harmful. Because, you know, those prejudice, prejudices further cripple or further um, debilitates that person's growth. So, um, in terms of using these terms, I only use it when it comes to other professionals that I collaborate with. So, for example, si Diana, pareho kami ng pasyente. Mm. Tapos, first time niya lang magiging pasyente yun, ako yung naunang therapist. Chichika ko sa kanya na, ah, yung pasyente na to, medyo low-functioning to. Na As a form autism. of jargon to create more clarity. As a form of jargon to to create more clarity in terms of mental um, capacities. Mm-mm. Kasi the low-functioning, high-functioning naman is a way to define mental capacities. So intellect in terms of IQ, in terms of um, other skills. So not necessarily saying na apaglow ah, na siya, wala na siyang pag-asa at all or what. Mm. Um, pag sinabi lang namin na a low-functioning autism siya, probably it's because his autism has other debilitating disabilities that coincides with that autism. Understood. So usually when you talk about autism, it's not just autism. You have autism with intellectual disabilities. You have autism with apraxia. When you talk about, like, may mga aut- um, children with autism na hindi makasalita like nonverbal people, probably because they have apraxia, and all other sets of coinciding conditions together with, with autism. Usually, mm-hmm. we try to label it as low-functioning, just as a jargon for health professionals to be able to understand each other. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be used as a blanket. Describing a patient. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be, yeah, but it shouldn't be used as Are... a blanket wing, or it shouldn't be used in social contexts. When you talk to people who do not understand that label of low mm. low funk, high funk, etc. Understood. Understood. Awesome. Thank you for 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 sharing that perspective. Um, Nori, uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> no no no. I'm recording my my inadequacies as a podcast host because like I'm out of my outline and I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> 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 so this for historical reference for like Sigur, I'm really curious then. Mm, um, sige, you what, have, what, parang, what has it been like um as a brother to a person with disability? Mm, yeah. Um Kasi so, for me I'm really genuinely yeah. curious. Kasi lahat ng mga naging ka-block ko or kakilala ko na naging speech therapist, OT, PT, have siblings na may disability. Like si mm-hmm. Diana, for example, nag-OT siya kasi yung kapatid niya. Mm-hmm. And also, I have a lot of friends na nag-OT or PT or speech kasi 
brother nila. Ako, wala. So, wala talaga akong ano, experience or, or any thought about it. Yeah. So, I just want to share or, that that thing is true where many people, uh, many siblings take on a course because of their sibling who has autism. Um, um, but my parents, like, knew that they tried that with my sister na pinatikshin uh, ng early childhood development to, to assist my, my, my brother who'd likely to uh, be doing those types of activities. And then my sister just dreaded the course. So like my, my parents knew that um, they shouldn't force the other people, the other, other children to do the things that they don't want to do. So, pero in terms of the like experience, is that what you're asking? I can share like our most recent experience that one of the most biggest hurdles that I have with my brother. Um, like, what has it, what has the difficulties been like? Ayun, yeah. So, what are the challenges? Mm, so, right now, he's a 20-year-old, 210-pound person. Uh, and now that he, when he gets angry, he would do two things. Either self-harm by biting his finger or biting his hand because of a frustration that my brother can't explain. So, like, sometimes my sugat or sometimes, like, there's kalyuna in his hand because he, you know, he's coping mechanism. Eh. And what we try to do is give him a towel to bite on and soft, bite naman. but sometimes talaga, the first instinct is to bite the hand because there's the something that he can't communicate and there's some level of pain that in order for him to be distracted from the pain here, he needs to be distracted with the pain there. That's my hypothesis. Um, but the second thing is kung hindi self-harm is harm others. Um, and that's where he would like do this to the person he is nearest or to the person who is the most vulnerable or weakest. Um, oh, no. He would do that. And... So that means napupukpuk niya yung mom ko, napupukpuk niya yung dad ko, tito ko, yung sister ko, ako. Especially when he's angry. And sometimes I prefer the latter kasi at least he's not hurting himself. Kasi even if like he's punching, pinupukpuk niya ulo ko or like my, my head or even bites me, at least I know parang pareho kami nasasaktan and I get to understand his pain. Kasi if siya yung nasasaktan niya, parang double whammy. It's like he's already having a pain here inside yeah. my and then he's having a pain here also. Um, so what they call this, my parents and my family members and I, I've been trying to develop systems of how to deal with it. So like number one, give space and then try to talk and then negotiate. But second is already give the pillows, the, 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 the towels that he can bite on. And then pag nagpupukpuk siya, that's where before, before, uh, we would approach it as a mutually assured destruction style. Na parang, ah, okay, hit me in the face, I'm gonna kick you in the stomach until you get pushed away. And then we realize <laughs> that's not something that is um, sustainable because na realize na, yeah. <laughs> it's because, it's because he, he can't be understood, the reason why he's doing that. And then if we fight back as a form of deterrence, mas lumalala lang and then babalik lang siya sa inviting his his hand and stuff like that. So what I've developed so far is to find ways for him to express the anger with number one, us taking little damage as possible and him taking little damage as possible. Because he's 200 pounds, eh? like, it's, it's really hard. So 
One thing yeah, it's, it's the, the is when he's trying to make pokpok, I'm trying to block it para pareho kami nasasaktan, but at least it's still some form of, like, it's not your organs getting hurt, and it's like, it's not damaging in the long term. So, ayun. So, I think the challenge here, Bolo, mm-hmm. is finding, like, the right therapist for your brother. If in Probably. any case, you, you do want to bring him back. Because number one, a majority of the people in the community are like girls. Mm. That's one. And second, they're like really thin or like really small girls. So para ako, probably, I'll take on your brother just because probably you're one of the biggest people in, in the community. Nah. Yeah. But like, siguro aside from me, if maghanap kay sir, it's really hard to look for someone na, a guy na kayang mag-handle ng behavior ng brother mo mm-hmm. given na nagwawala nga siya a lot. Yeah. But I think one takeaway rin from that situation that a lot of my OT friends would tell me is you need to also ask your question where is that coming from? Mm. Like why is he hitting himself? Parang what are the triggers for that thing to happen? Yeah. Parang, is it random lang or what? Yeah, I want to share it's both it's it's random and it's not random. Sometimes um, when he's playing a game on the, on the cell phone, and there's a level that he he just keeps on repeating. He really wants to finish it, and then he didn't really finish. I guess it's like upgrading the character. Eh. Parang hindi niya upgrade yung characters. He's just like doing it brute force and brute skill. Tanda-tanda <laughs> needs his full attention. And pag niyo magawa, he freaks out like crazy, and that's where he starts. Pokpok biting and then finding someone who can make pokpok and all that stuff. So that's hindi random because it's coming from frustration of a of an app na parang siya two hours yeah. he can. And sometimes kunyari pag alam niya Spotify Premium yung gamit niya. Um, and alam niya dapat magaskip siya, magaskip na magaskip because that's what he likes. Pero sa ibang phones hindi Spotify Premium. And then pag ginagamit niya, kala niya lang the phone is acting up. And like, why is the phone against me? Or something like that to extent. Parang, but hindi ko control like my normal uh, phone. And that's where he's gonna freak out also. Kasi hindi niya ma-explain, hindi niya ma-maneuver yung way. And then siya nagagalit. However, so that, that's one thing. Pero the second the pero the one. category, sobrang random. Like what happened like last week, twice siya nangyari. I was napping beside him because it's our nap time. And then, he woke me up by hitting me like that. So I was freaking out. I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was like, dream. Was I like in trouble? Is there... So like, that's when I was like, what did I do? <laughs> and then second time, <laughs> the caller comes to garden and he's just coloring peacefully. He really likes coloring. And then he's just gonna freak out and start hitting me again. So sometimes I identify kung bakit. And sometimes it's like, I haven't even observed it, but it's happening. So it's it's a mixture of both. Pero I think mm-hmm. core of it, I, I really think, think it's a frustration na hindi ma express. Like imagine Bolo Pascual not being able to talk. How hard is it gonna be for me in my life? Translated to my brother, who would probably also be a debater by now, um, if he didn't have a speech impairment and all that stuff. So those are. Um, I'm curious, Bolo. Are there any alternative forms of communication that your brother has as of the moment? Um, I I think as 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 he as he grows older, he has he's expanding his vocabulary. 
um, he is expanding his vocabulary with with colors. Um, so it's still within that guy, like parang that expanding vocabulary and finding ways to communicate. Um, but as an alternative, we haven't found that yet. Although one of our teachers, who are, who's a genius music teacher, has taught them how to play piano. Instead of notes, it's letters translated on the piano. So my brother can play the piano and all that stuff. I think that's one of the alternative things that closest to. But in terms of like daily functions of communication, um, it's still mostly through words and, and context clues, not necessarily another special uh, professional approach. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a gap Sige. in his education. Sigura, to add, to add to that, Ren, and to educate you, Ren, um, about it, um, speech pathologists do not just teach the conventional way of communication, meaning like we don't just teach spoken communication, mm. but we also try to teach um, other forms or alternative forms of communication. So um, this field is called alternative and augmentative communication. So Sorry, again, again. For children, um, alternative and augmentative communication. Mm, okay. Okay, so for alternative augmentative communication, um, it's meant to replace spoken communication with another form of um, communication that tries to augment what is lacking or it tries Mm -hmm. to be an alternative form of communication. So it could be as simple as flashcards, like pictures. that He Mm -hmm. wants, for example, adobo. He has a picture of adobo he's going to raise. Or it could be as complicated as um, Stephen Hawking's computer system that speaks for him that is like a robotic Android system. Or it could be as futuristic but still attainable like an iPad mm. which he can press pictures on it and the iPad speaks for him. Mm. So that could be. Um, and not a lot of people realize that speech pathologists teach that mm, or like good. do therapy for that for children with um, speaking difficulties or who are nonverbal. So mm. I've had patients na hindi nagsasalita, very grown up na. They use tablet to talk. So magugulat ka na hindi sila nagsasalita pero like pipindot-pindot sila. Ang dami nilang gustong sabihin, ang dami nilang gustong um, mangyari. And dun ka magugulat na, you know, when... Um, they're nonverbal. It doesn't mean that they don't have something to say or they don't have any intelligence. It's just that there are other forms or other alternative things na gusto nila or there are other alternative things that they can do better than spoken word. Got it. So I think, I think you that's can try something out. that we I think that's something that we that haven't out. tried out yet. We haven't tried out that 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 approach yet, and that's something that I would really love to open up to my to my parents. And actually, I would love for my parents and you to have a have a discussion uh, in the future if you're free. Yeah, because I think yeah, it, of course. It, thank you for sharing that information. And yeah, I just realized that. Was this alternative and augmented? Because I think you've been doing that man, with a music teacher. Mm. Pero I think that you could do with like simpler forms. Mm. So probably what you could do, Bolo, in your house is you could like have a clear folder and then put printed pictures of things that he usually needs. 
Yeah. Put it in the clear folder and then ask him to point and and browse mm. the clear folder for things that he wants or, that makes or things sense. that he needs. That makes sense. So like I think what I can do. Or like he feels. He, he likes he likes McDonald's because like mm-hmm. McDonald's has been so ingenious in how they market to people. I don't know to children. Um, so yeah. so he really likes McDonald's and one of our problems is that we don't know what he wants to order. And sometimes we say, mm-hmm. chicken nuggets? And he will just say, chicken nuggets, yes. Do you want fried chicken? Fried chicken, yes. Do you want french fries? Fr- french fries, yes. But like, that's his just way of saying, I just want McDonald's, yes. And whatever McDonald's for him is the food that I want to get from this restaurant. But we don't know what it is. So, so I think uh-huh. it makes make a lot of sense if we could like print out the different options and then he can understand the money. You can pick two or you can pick one. And then he can point out to his main priority or like and say, this is what I want. Um, instead of like, I want McDonald's and then we go again and again making hula and he just has this whole script of just saying, yes. <laughs> like, maybe- you could do that, Bolo, like print out pictures. Yeah. Or you could try downloading on an Android tablet or in an iPad. Um, AAC, you could type it out sa Play Store. Mm-hmm. AAC or Touch Chat. And it's mm. gonna let you download this application that literally is like a communication board with pictures and words. Understood. And you could take pictures of things that you, you have in the house or things that he usually has. So you could probably take a picture of a quarter pounder and all of the menus and makdo. And then you ask him to point and press. That's mm-hmm. one. Or you could try to print out pictures of McDonald's it- menu items and then put the pictures on a clear folder and ask him to point to these pictures. Understood. That, try that. And then I will um, definitely try that out. I'm going to actually search for the app now. <laughs> Got it. Thank you so much for that information. That's so value-adding, not only for me, but also for the viewers who have stayed this long or like based on the micro content. Um, Yeah, awesome. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's where we can can conclude or like how do we conclude this? Because it's already 2.15 a.m. Yes, I guess. There you go. (laughs) No, but I'm I'm saying... I think that number... Yeah, I think that the main takeaway from this whole conversation is in terms of like um in the PWDs, I really think that it's about asking what they want and um looking at their strengths more rather than the weaknesses that they need to fill mm. in. So like for example, if um your brother is good in, in cooking, he has good visual skills, then try to focus on that and build that up so that he has something to stand on when he becomes independent in the future, later on. Because mm. all of these judgments from people, all of these things that he lacks, parang are not important. Parang judgment on people on him or, or society telling him that, ah, hindi siya nakapag-aral or ah, vocational lang siya, bakit ganun? It wouldn't matter. Especially mm. in a future wherein Meron nga siyang pinag-aralan, pero hindi naman siya independent pa din. What is the use? I think that's the one. Fo- let's mm. focus on our strengths. Right. And not on our weaknesses. 
it goes both ways, whether it be children with disabilities or children who are typically developing like us. Mm. Um, ayun, that's one. And second is... Um, <laughs> knowing, what they want. knowing what they want knowing what they are yeah knowing what they want and um and that communication isn't just about the typical communication mm, that we all know understood which is mm. spoken communication communication could be as different and as complex as your actions it could be the use of technology and pictures because when you talk about language, it's also something that's arbitrarily made. Yeah. So I think that um, whilst we created language for us to communicate, other individuals also have the capacity to create that medium of communication in whatever platform that they decide. Mm. Like pictures or kung ano man yan, music, etc. Mm. I think yun, um, we need to realize that there are also other types of communication that are non-conventional. Mm. I really like what you said. Um, just to echo from what I read in a book, that all successful people are walking flaws with one capital, at least one capitalized strength. And I just really think that, you know, like people with autism or people who are autistic are people who can achieve greatness and excellence with finding out how we can maximize their strengths and maximize the things that they make them feel alive and make them feel enjoyment about life. So, yeah. And I thank you for this conversation, Nori. Um, this has added so yeah, much thank you, towards you. me. Um, and yeah. And that's the episode 13 of the Bola Pascual show. See ya. All right.